0: 1029 The Hog with Borna and Mandy Here at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson In Oconomowoc for the 120th Hometown Rally And we're uh, very uh, excited to welcome uh, Tim Duffy is our next guest mm-hmm here at uh, Wisconsin Harley Davidson Tim thanks for coming on the program
1: thanks for having me yeah
0: very uh very good so now nah, you're a New York guy yes. right?
1: guilty as charged
0: guilty as charged tra- uh, like, I as love charge. the FDNY uh, Staten uh-huh. Island patch that you know whole cut you got going on here man. that's awesome yeah. most fun you
1: can have with your clothes on New York City Fire Department I got to drive a big truck with lights and sirens break tons of shneat like a king <laughs>
0: okay okay <laughs> alright very good Tim so how long were you uh, uh New York City Fire just fire under fire 10, fire years. Fire 10 years 10 years yeah. okay wow. very good very good so and you're a uh, you're also a veteran in the yes, Navy, Navy, right? Navy, correct?
1: 79 to 83.
0: Yeah, 79 to 83, and yeah. then from then, did you go become a firefighter after that? Or yeah, was, not so career after career that. yeah, not long after yeah. that. So you come home to New York, you want to continue serving, and then yep. you you apply to the academy, and you're you're you know, one of the greatest fire departments in the world, right? In New York. Absolutely. Uh, very good. So your, your 9-11 story is, I mean, it's incredible. Um, we heard from Leslie talking about it off the air, and I've, I've read it on the back here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where to begin because that day is. I mean, obviously, so traumatic for everybody. Everybody that's old enough to live yeah. through it or watch it. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, we're here in the Midwest and watching it unfold on TV. But you're you're a New Yorker and you're there. Um, walk like walk me they're through they're. through that that day that morning and and what what you experienced and what you ultimately ended up, ended up doing.
1: Well, I was actually off that day and I was, <laughs> believe it or not, doing a tune-up on the bike. And yeah. uh, I, as I was pulling out the first spark plug, I heard a loud boom behind me. But it sounded like it was behind me in Jersey, so I and didn't you, you
0: live where? I, right? I,
1: actually, I, yeah. At the time, I was living uh, 700 yards from the water's edge, where Admiral Howe dumped 33,000 British troops for the Revolution, okay. right yeah. near yeah. the Verrazano wow. Bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. <clears throat> When I heard the boom, it sounded like it was behind me in Jersey, so I didn't pay attention. But then I heard sirens, and the sirens never stopped, yeah. which meant that something was happening on our side of the border. So I went into the house to call the firehouse to see what was up. And as I reached for the phone, it rang. It was with my wife calling to let me know that a plane hit the trade center. So I turned to my left to look out the kitchen window. I could see the North Tower burning. No. So I was trying to tell her, "Listen, I got to go." And she was like, "You're off today, you know, you don't so have to go." you were
0: active duty at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Job. I was you're just you're off just that you're, day. You're, it was your day
1: off. Just, just my day, day off. Man, okay. So oh. you know, I was trying to tell her, "Look, I kind of got." go, and she was trying to stall and keep me on the phone and tell me, you don't gotta go, but then the second plane hit, and I just hung up and told her, you know, I said, I'll talk to you later, and I hung up, and I ran upstairs and grabbed a dead guy t-shirt with an FDNY shirt, because I knew they could shut everything down, yeah. and I needed to be able to get past without fighting with the cops, so um, I went back, put the spark plug back in, jumped on a bike and headed to my firehouse. At that time I was in Coney Island. I had left, I worked down at the Trade Center uh, till 97. I left Manhattan in 97 to go back to Brooklyn because that's where all the good fire is. So I jumped on the bike and I got to my firehouse in Brooklyn. Guys were starting to filter in from Long Island and Queens and Brooklyn, and I was standing next to uh, my buddy. Did you know
0: what was happening at that point? At that point, we knew, yeah. At that point, we knew, okay. But initially, you thought, did you think, what did you think it was? I thought it was a terrorist attack initially. Oh, initially, Yeah, because uh, Manhattan's a North North Fly zone. Right, yeah. Manhattan's a North Fly zone. So it was an explosion doing way up there in the tower, right? So I I knew kind of right away
1: what it was, and then solidified with the second one. So I um, was standing next to my boy, Jimmy, and he's on the phone with his sister, who's in the South Tower, asking him, what do I do? What do I do? She's screaming. I could hear her. And he, he said, no, SOP, all guys are on the way to get you. Just take a towel or a sweater or something, put it under the door and wait for my guys to get you. So he hangs up the phone and we're watching on T V and about six minutes later the South Tower fell and he freaked out. I just killed my sister, I just killed my sister. So he ran out of the firehouse, ran out onto Coney Island Avenue, ran up to a yellow cab, grabbed the cab, opened up the door, grabbed the guy out of the cab, took the cab and took off. So I ran to the boss, I told him, Listen, I gotta go with Jimmy, I gotta follow, I can't leave him alone So I jumped on the bike and Jimmy got jammed up in traffic, so I just kept going. And um you know, I was on the sidewalk in between cars to get to uh where I had to go and actually there was a picture taken right before that picture by a kid with a throwaway camera as I was on the entrance ramp to the Brooklyn Bridge. So this is you. That I don't let anybody else ride my bike. This is you on your yes, bike. Sir. Wow.
0: In your in your in your in your firefighter. Yes equipment and yes. all that just like that's that's on broadway like right like when the i brought it, it. and there's yeah. like there's nothing there's nobody around no there it's was all nobody the, all, the sm- this is all the all the smoke yeah, the, and dust and dust and all that's stuff all there. just
1: that's from the south tower collapse yeah. the north tower was actually still burning the other picture i think is the better picture because it has me on the on-ramp to the brooklyn bridge with the brooklyn bridge in the middle of the picture okay. and the north tower burning in the, in the top left of the picture But the guy that took this picture, the famous picture, his name is Alan Tannenbaum, and he's friends with Andy Warhol and John Lennon. He's a famous uh, uh, um, war correspondent and rock and roll photographer. And he sells that picture right there for $250 on his website, but he gave me the rights to use the picture to raise money for my soldiers and dogs. Yeah. So right when that picture was taken, if you could see, that's right on Broadway when I got off the Brooklyn Bridge. And I'm right behind the Millennium Hotel at that point. The Millennium Hotel is right across the street from the Trade Center. So I made the right-hand turn where you see that ray of light coming from the left from the east. I turned right down that block. And when I got to the T in the road, meaning the Trade Center was in front of me, sitting on the curb cutout. Right on my left, sitting right here like this, was an engine from one of the planes that hit the trade center. It was standing upright on its cone. It was all banged up, but it was so surreal, because the only sound I heard, living and working in New York City my entire life, and, and, and I, it was just the quietest you could imagine. There was what the only the only sound. There's a thing firemen wear called a pass alarm, and it's a little yellow box on your belt. And if you go get hit. In a collapse of something, in our motionless for 30 seconds, it emits a high chirping sound so that we can locate you. So all I heard were these dozens of, I just heard dozens of high chirping, but the papers were still floating. And it was the only sound. Wow. So anyway, it was the time to get off the bike, but I wanted to protect the bike. So I went back onto the sidewalk. There was nobody there to tell me that I couldn't do it. So I drove into the lobby of the Millennium Hotel right up to the front desk. As I got off the bike to exit the building, I may be crazy. I'm not stupid. I wasn't trying to get into the North Tower. I saw the South Tower just fall. I was trying to get to the South Tower when I heard the first boom 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 and it just picked up so much speed it sounded like a freight train because it just went from the the boom 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 boom, into a full for almost 11 seconds so i just started running and i only got about six to eight steps maybe four steps i don't remember but i got clobbered pretty good so i went when i went to the ground i immediately went to the fetal position but i i was trying to pull myself inside of my helmet to to lessen the, the the But as I was being buried, and I don't think I lost consciousness because of the time factor that the building only took 11 seconds to fall, that as I was laying there, I believe it or not, what saved my life was I thought, how selfish are you to do this for a living? Your wife has no husband, your kids have no dad. But that thought prompted me to get up and run. But I never, I kept, I tried two or three times to get up and run, but every time I tried to get up, I get clobbered again. (laughs) And so I just crawled and, um, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to get myself out of there and then uh, the rest of the day was just doing what we do pulling guys you know we didn't save a lot of people because everybody was pretty much dead but I, I did wind up uh pulling out a couple guys taking them i found a um, as i was telling this one flying with it i don't know what else was wrong but i could see that his right leg was compound fractured and um he was he was in really bad shape and he wanted me to get him a bus and and that means an ambulance but i told him buddy his you know, there's no buses, man. Uh, we're going to have to carry you to Beekman, which is about eight blocks away. And he's like, no, no, no. He was really in, in a lot of pain. But as I was telling him that being a, a trained New York City truckie, we were always taught to always improv- improve your situation because you're always going to be in a bad situation. So as I was telling him that, I was thinking, do better, do better, do better. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a, a four-wheel drive white Toyota pickup truck perpendicular on Liberty. The guy must have seen the plane hit, hit the brakes, went sideways, and bailed. But I figured if he did that, maybe he left the keys in, and he did. And he was a commercial plumber. So I threw all his gear out onto Liberty, loaded this kid in, and as I was loading this kid into the back of the truck, I saw three more firemen coming towards me up up Liberty from um, west to east. But it was uh, two guys carrying a guy that they got out. Th- this guy was in shock, so we threw him in the back of the truck, and I wound up taking him down to Beekman, and after I dumped them, I came back to see if I could find anybody else to go to that needed to go to the hospital, but there was nobody else injured. There was, everybody else was just dead. There was nobody else to, oh, and I wound no. up frying the engine. And that the soot clogged up that radiator so bad. I wound up seizing the engine, looking for somebody to take to the hospital, and then just you know jumped out of that and then ran and did, you know what I did with my guys for, you know next couple of months.
0: And so, man, I don't even know where to, what else to ask you, or where to begin, like or or continue with that. Um, you know how as as the North Tower is falling on you, and you said you try to get up and you clobbered? Do you have any sense of how long did you, did you, did, it, did it stop? Was there there's silence it's, it's after weird. that? And then you it's it, really weird yeah. that
1: you ask that because you, you know yeah at my age you, you encounter people in in my job or just on TV or whatever where people say it, this near death experience where everything slows down and all. I've been in some hairy situation, but it was the only time I did. I it, I thought I was done, and and you know. I'm just lucky, but it did, it was that flash of my life in front of me and the whole, it just, everything was, I accepted it and then, you know, the thought of the wife and kids got me out of that acceptance thing to being pissed off and trying to get myself out of there, and, but that thought saved my life.
0: Okay, then you were, just, you were able to free yourself or, or get up yeah. and, then, and then continue to what you you, know, what you Yeah, it was such there. an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, uh, after I got out, I climbed up the steps. to. There was a Brooks Brother on the Corner Liberty in um, a clothing store, and they had a couple of steel columns covered in granite. And I, I knew the area well because I had worked there. So as I was climbing up, because there was like a 10- or 12-foot overhang, which is where I was trying to get to, uh, out up the steps, and i couldn 't feel the steps because it was just covered in debris from the south tower, but I knew where I knew the steps were underneath I knew where I was, and as I got up there out of harm 's way now, I put my back against the column and I slid down into my hocks and buried my face in my gear because it, it was like I was stuck inside of a bag of cement the the, the the dust was wicking the moisture out of every orifice to the point I was swallowing clumps of it, just trying to breathe oh so I thought I would, and then I was sitting there thinking you 're going to suffocate you know so That's when I went into the Brooks Brothers and I did a preliminary search on the first floor. There was nobody there. I climbed the escalator because it was off. I did a preliminary search on the second floor. There was nobody in the space. So when I went down, I grabbed a pack of handkerchiefs and I was putting something over my face so I could breathe when I heard the... the, the (coughs) So I knew there was a fireman in the space somewhere and I ran over. It was a guy by the name of Billy Quick and he was a football player from the FDNY. And he had a mask so he was sharing it with me. And that's when I told him, come on, Billy, we'll go out this way. We're not going to get out this way. And that's, he was like, no, Duffy. He says, I just, I beat the first and the second collapse. I, I, I'm banged up. I need a blow. I said, All right, stay here, Billy. I'll come. I'll check on you in a little while. That's when I went out through the lobby to go out onto Liberty and encountered the one guy with the other guy with the compound fracture. And, and, but in between a little bit with Billy. He died about uh, four or five years ago of cancer, Billy.
0: Uh, we're speaking with Tim Duffy here at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson here for the uh, hometown rally, a New York City fired firefighter that was there on 9-11. Tell what, just an incredible story. Let's talk about your one soldier, one dog, one team U.S. That's the n- number one. What is the, uh, what is the organization that you, f- you founded? Well, right? as, uh,
1: yeah, as a Navy veteran, when I heard the disturbing number that 22 vets a day were committing suicide, it kind of F with my head a little bit and pissed me off. And um, then I heard the VA was telling guys, if you went to the VA with PTSD and you are suicidal and you told them you wanted a dog, they, they would make you sign stuff and then tell you, we'll see you in two to four years. And that really, really pissed me off. Right. So I started pulling dogs out of shelters and just pairing them with veterans. And then um, a little while after that, you know, the wife was complaining because, you know, I can't pay the electric, you gotta stop doing it. And no, I'm not gonna stop. But um, Frankie Silla from the Tunnel to Towers, have you ever heard of the Tunnel to Towers? We build homes for wounded veterans. Okay. okay. It, it's I nationwide. A they pay, yeah. like, yeah. A, if uh, cops that get killed, line of duty or, or firemen, they pay the mortgage off. But for the guys coming back in wheelchairs, we were building homes, uh, smart homes. And I was traveling the country for them when I started doing this. So Frankie wrote me a $5,000 check to get the lawyers and accounts to get this started. And so now what I do is I pull dogs out of shelters and fosters and, and pair them up with wounded vets. And we've got, uh, I was here a couple of weeks ago when I picked up the... Uh, burnt motorcycle i had guys locally that, that repaired it for me and rebuilt it and i was at the vfw um because i was an hour early i stopped at the vfw and wound up hooking up with a major from vietnam two purple hearts he just lost his wife and his daughter got him a puppy and he needs help and he was asking me some question i don't know what to do i, don't, I said you you don't, you don't have to do anything else i got you so i was in town 10 minutes and i, I already got a, a, cust- a client customer friend whatever you want to mm-hmm. call him but he's my third guy in wisconsin so I've got Wisconsin to Florida. I've got uh, do- dog and soldier teams all over east of the Mississippi. One in Lake Havasu.
0: So if you are in need, if you are a, a veteran in need of your service, how would they reach out to you or do you just, just find people? <coughs>
1: just Yeah, yeah. mostly it's word of mouth or people see online and they just okay. reach out to me. And if they're local by me, I, I do a lot of it hands-on. Okay. But like out here, what I'll do is I'll research and find somebody that's in the guy's neighborhood that'll take care of him, and then we just foot the bill for whatever it is. That they need, you know?
0: You are no less than an incredible human being, a literal angel on earth. Like, it's insane. You don't meet a lot of people like you.
1: I wish I could sing and dance, but I got the volume and sale of dog jeans instead. You gotta work what you got, kid.
0: <laughs> amazing! Thank you. So I don't yeah. know what else to say, but thank you're, you. I mean, yeah. you're amazing. You are, uh, you're a you're amazing person, a true a true hero, man. I know that. I'm going to throw it out, but, c- but come on, no. man. I mean, like that's Seriously. that's incredible stuff. So, Tim Duffy and your how long are you you hanging out all weekend? Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're here on Monday. Yeah, so, yeah. very yeah. good, very good. So, c- incredible story and incredible cause again. Shout out to
1: Wisconsin Harley. They gifted me the ten by ten space to set up and raise money. you're here all weekend through Sunday here at Wisconsin Harley.
0: Okay, stop by and say hi. It's incredible, incredible cause. Yeah, Tim Duffy, again, one soldier, one dog, one team.us is the website. Uh, thanks for the time Tim. Wow, thank appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Your, pl- your pleasure, to, uh, pleasure to talk to you. Thank so you. Thank you very you. much. It's 1029. It you. would only get
1: more interesting with some Jameson and some Heineken. <laughs> All part. right. What's <laughs> a, what's that's, have, what's that's happening <laughs> now. <laughs> let's go. Have, let's have some. <laughs> it's, it's the hog.